could you be so heartless? How could you be so cold as the winter wind when it breeze, yo? Just remember that you talking to me, though. You need to watch the way you talking to me, yo. I mean, after all the things that we've been we'll through. We'll have to find out I mean, if our guy Andy Hart has gone horse because, you know, it is football season. It is coaching season. Of course, because it's football season, we want to talk to our friend Andy Hart at WEEI.com. He joins us on the Harbor One Hotline, and our conversation with Andy Hart is presented by McFarland Energy, where they provide the most dependable home heating, oil delivery, and HVAC service, including Linux heating and cooling systems. Learn more at McFarlandEnergy.com. Andy Hart, we know you're at Gillette. Good afternoon. How's your voice? Uh, good afternoon, and I'm glad you clarified that because when you say gone horse, uh, I wasn't sure the spelling of that word <laughs> and some implications that were being made. Oh, I got you. you Bestiality is not okay with me. Oh, my God. Let's I start over. think of that. Let's start it all over. I only thought of you yelling at some. <laughs> you know in the state of Rhode Island, they've had to move high school games to Thursdays oh, yeah. because there aren't enough officials because of people like you? 100%. Uh, our high school had a Thursday night game last week, and it was the best crew we've ever had, in my opinion. <laughs> they were young. They were all below the age of 60, could actually run up and down the field. Well, I helps. love it. Yep. Love Some it. upstarts in there. Yeah, I guess that's pretty good. Gresh, you know I plan on joining the uh, the ranks. That's my plan. You're going to be when a ref? Are, yep. When my kids are done with school, I'm going to become a ref for oh, uh, football and lacrosse. I'm going to go heckle. Need, I'm going to go show up that. just bring to get into a beef. We need to yep. show up. Mm-hmm. Megaphone. Now, are you going to be the? Uh, are you going to throw people out like at the drop nope. of a hat, or you're going to be like just just get back and forth uh, at them? I will no. Yeah. First, I'm going to have no. I will not hear anything. No rabbit ears from me. You're going to have to cr- really cross some like lines that. for me to Good. acknowledge you. Good. And then for me <laughs> to do anything, you'll really have to cross some lines yeah. in terms. So of, I can say whatever I want to you as long as I don't make contact with you. A hundred percent. Okay. Or, or threaten me be. in any way, really. Well. I mean, even like a mild okay. threat, I think is. I was just gonna say, what's a mild about, threat? Define it. <laughs> like I'll about, show you, buddy. About, no, that's fine. I'll about, kill you. Put your glasses <laughs> like on, that. you glass-eyed joke. Yeah, or something. hundred percent okay. I'm more totally than okay f- with that. What about height jokes? What if people Ooh. get on you for the way you either run or your height? Yeah. Resh, the truth is never mean. I'm short. It can, is what. It, if I can't take that, then I shouldn't be out there. Can football refs wear visors? Uh, <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> You're gonna be breaking dress code, I think, out there. That's a great question. Gonna have to get a special flex fit uh, oversized this huge referee hat. hat. Out there. <laughs> when a guy goes out of bounds, he has to chuck this giant hat. Hey, Dunce Cap Ref, what are you doing out there? Yeah, That's yeah. true. When a guy goes out of bounds, I might kill somebody when I throw my hat. Uh-huh. Hit uh, yeah, well, uh, believe it or not, we actually have a nugget of breaking news yes, connected to the Patriots, and that is this from Ian Rappaport, ladies and gentlemen. The Raiders are trading. Or excuse me, the Raiders are trading for Patriots often weirdly written Justin Haran. The teams will flip picks in 2024. Now, what round? We don't know. We're all right. looking forward to that. Uh, <laughs> some solid tackle depth, apparently, for the Raiders. Uh, are you surprised, Andy Hart, that the Patriots would whittle away at some of their own offensive tackle depth? Uh, not really, because I think Bill has said over the years, just because you have a name on the depth chart, does not mean you have depth if the guy can't play. And I think Justin Huron may have uh, reached his ceiling, or certainly did reach his ceiling in New England where they realized he was not a uh, viable option for them or a uh, palatable option for them. So uh, I've thought all along, I've I've termed it, I think I've said it to you guys, house of cards for this offensive line. Mm -hmm. When they're playing well, I think you have five guys out there that you can kind of count on. I think we saw that 
late in the game last week in Pittsburgh where Trent Brown was better, Cole Strange was better, they ran the clock out, they did what they needed to do. Um, but I don't whether Justin Huron was here or not here, they don't have any depth on the offensive line. Uh, the overall offense in week two, what did you think? Because, again, they, they scored enough to win. Mm. They got a, a benefit there with the gunner uh, uh, drop punt. And, you know, Nelson Aguilar made a great play, although I don't know how if that's a true 50-50 ball or not. But if you take the whole thing, and even play calling, if you want to include that in there, uh, from week to week, what did you see from the offense? First of all, uh, you guys still talk to Damian Harris on Fridays, correct? We do not. We, we talked to not. Jalen Mills on uh, Friday. Damn, he yeah. was so mad at you question. for that teammate's question that yeah. he hasn't talked to you guys anymore? I think so. Wow. Yeah. Because uh, did you hear him busting Gunner's chops after the game? He was talking about how he, was like, he went up to Gunner and said, I'll take an easy touchdown, but I know you're going to make it that easy or something. Jeez. Like, What a guy. I mean, the guy's <laughs> feeling bad enough. Yeah, I'm like, that guy's on suicide Apparently he's the like, Andy yeah. Hart of ex-teammates and uh, not Yikes. afraid to uh, Imagine if salt you said that to Damian Keefe. What do you think uh, his reaction would have been? Not great. Not great, Not but Keith has a tone issue. Question. We've gone down that road. But uh, to answer your question, the the offense um, was better. I would say it was better. Anytime you get basically 200-yard receivers for a team that hasn't had a 100-yard receiver in the career of their quarterback, a year plus, uh, that's good. And you were able to run the ball when you needed to. You got both your backs going for whatever it was, 120 uh, yards between them. That was good. The offensive line looked more comfortable. Certainly at times they were definitely running old school, quote unquote, Patriots plays as opposed to the new ones. But those were in there, too. So in, in many ways, I thought it was a, a decent step forward. Far from perfect. I mean, the right. throw on the interception, I thought, was just a just a terrible throw. Uh, forget the decision and Parker and blah, blah, blah. Throw the ball to where the guy could catch it, not to where the safety is coming from. And he's going to catch it. It faded to the outside. And he was fortunate that Aguilar made a great individual play because I thought that was uh, more difficult than it needed to be, gave the corner a chance for a pick. Um, and I guess this is a long way of me saying I thought the offense around Mac was better. I didn't think Mac was better. I didn't think Mac had a very good game. I had him on my thumbs down list on weei.com for mm -hmm. some of the really bad throws. That I agree. What is the uh, what is the happy medium of Mac trying to get better as the offense is trying to get better as well? Yeah, no, it's. I believe you've heard this. It's a process that they are still very much going through, and I think we are all. I don't want to speak for you guys. I am trying to remain open-minded and fair to Mac at all times and understand that he does not have good weapons and he does not have good coaching or a scheme he can fall back on that is comfortable, reliable, he knows what it is. That's a lot to put on a second-year quarterback's shoulders. It's why you know I wrote the column whenever it was. Like In a lot of ways, he's in a no-lose situation. I think people that are understanding of the situation realize Mac's actual arm and performance and decision is like three three steps down on the list of, of problems for this offense. But um, he needs to be better. Like the Devontae Parker thing, that wasn't because Matt Patricia is a bad coach or because Devontae Parker is a bad player. It was a bad throw. That right. throw has to be better. The throw that I think it was Cameron Sutton that he hit, he's rolling left, hits him in the chest, you can't make that play. That's a – that's a fireable offense, you know, in the real world. That's that that big of a mistake. So that's a Trey Lance Justin Fields mistake. Yeah, that's a that's a rookie quarterback, a bad rookie quarterback, a dumb mistake, not a guy that went to the Pro Bowl a year ago and you're expecting him to take a quote unquote year two jump. Those throws can't happen with any regularity, and I thought just in that game there were too many of those.
Do you feel like we still don't know what the what the long term outlook of Mac Jones is going to be? Because it's been twenty games in the NFL, so it's still you know not a huge sample size. But I feel like we've made up our minds, good or bad, on other quarterbacks in less games. I, but I, I still go back and forth between sort of the where his career could go. Like this is a little bit of a speed bump with Patricia and Judge now on offense, but. I don't know if he's going to be a long-term NFL quarterback or if he's going to be really good or if he's going to be a a backup in five years. I have no idea. Yeah, I think anyone who has made a definitive assessment in that way about Mac is really being premature, is not being open-minded. I just don't know how you could, quite honestly. We've seen some good, probably enough good to have hopes of what a positive future could look like. But I don't think you could possibly say, yep, he's definitely the franchise QB for the next 12 years. Just like I don't think you could possibly say, this guy should never start again. He's not a starting caliber NFL quarterback. He's in the the developmental questions phase. And I think what makes it even more challenging, because I hear, oh, you guys, you know, what did you think of Josh Allen in year two? And what did you think of this guy? Well, but there's a, a, a stark contrast when the guy's obvious talents are physical when it's size, running ability, and arm strength. And you're like, wow, if he can just hone those strengths into a legitimate NFL passing game, you see what you could be compared to a guy whose greatest strengths are invisible, unseen, right? They're his preparation, his football IQ, his ability to go through his reads and all of these things that aren't tangible, can't be seen. So, yeah, I I personally, anybody that makes a definitive assessment of Mac Jones right now, whether his name is – Chris Scheim or whoever else you want to blame. Yeah, put uh, me in there, but then call me close minded because do you I like I chicken I, tonight. Well, I I, I I like him, and here's another thing to so you, sort of well, well, hang can on. I just but, ask you quick. Like, yeah, yeah. Are you so? Are you willing to say he is a franchise quarterback and he will be for the next twelve years? Yeah, I think he's. Wow. I yeah, think he's here for the decade. And wow. here's the thing: there are a lot of guys who are dealing with what Mac is dealing with right now, and even veteran guys who would crumble under all of this, who wouldn't be able to. And even Mac has issues at times managing his emotions. But there would be a lot of dudes. Again, I don't think they would do this to any of those other rookie guys. Now, again. I, I think we sort of set Trevor Lawrence aside because he was coached by a boob first, yep. whereas it looks like it could be the reverse here. Definitely. But I don't think there are a lot of young quarterbacks and even some of the younger veteran quarterbacks who would be able to deal with what appears to be a pretty high level of dysfunction for six weeks and still at least go out there and not completely fall apart and crap his pants. And, and that's great. But can he also combine that with the ability to do what he needs to do physically on the football field? I think that's a secondary question, right? And and that ties into the question I was going to get to, which is what's the end game with all this? Like Rich and I talked about it yesterday. Is this offense going to be – tailored for Mac to be better is it where is it, are we going back to Brady where a lot of the pressure of reading reacting getting into the right play all that kind of stuff is on Mac like that's my question Andy is why did they do this why did they feel the need to mess with the offense we've now seen it for two weeks and it's been Mets and Mets let's say but what is the end game here is it to make it easier for Mac or is it to rely more on Mac I think in some ways it's to make it it's to make it easier for everybody is my belief on that and that includes weapons coming into the offense the the Tyquan Thorntons of the world the receiver you may spend a bunch of money on next spring to give Mac a, a theoretically a number one playmaker 
and under the 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 awareness that Mac will be able to run it. Whatever you do, Mac will be able to run because you're leaning on his NFL-ready football IQ, smarts, hard work, all of that that's part of his resume. You're going to lean on that. But I, I think the idea with the system was more for everybody around him. But the end game is, and, and, and Gresh, you may be right, I think you need to surround him with more talent. You need to get to the point where we all said coming into this year, you're going to find out whether Tua is the quarterback of the Dolphins for the now or for the future. And maybe he answered some questions last week. I didn't think he looked very good in week one. I think that's what you want to get to with with Mac in that you have a coach that you count on, like they bring in Mike McDaniel in Miami. They think he's a good offensive coach with a good system. So whoever it is, whether it's Patricia, Joe Judge, whoever takes the reins moving forward, a system you can, you count on for a couple years in a row, some continuity, and then the belief that, Oh, now he's got the weapons. He's got guys that can make plays, and if it doesn't work now, then you start to look at Mac. But I think we're a year or two away from being able to make that assessment. All right, if you're the Baltimore Ravens, are you willing to make Lamar Jackson the highest paid or one of the three highest paid quarterbacks in football for the next however many years? Uh, along those lines, did you did you guys listen to Bill at all? I came from Bill's press conference. I read the quote. I didn't. We haven't listened to it yet, but I read the quote about Lamar. Yeah, when he said yeah. something to the effect of, and you may have it for like, can't wait to see that contract. Uh, it was so Kern paraphrased <laughs> it, but they were asking him about you know when he was coming out of the league, like yeah. did he answer questions? Uh, this is Kern's quote: Belichick on whether Lamar Jackson has answered questions about playing from the pocket that were present when he came into the league, and then paraphrased quote. Wait till we see the contract he gets. Yes. That'll show how much he has answered them. Yeah, I think he added a little bit there. But, yeah, basically Belichick said, mm. like, can't wait to see that contract. Wait till we see that contract was the phrase. And I can't ever remember Bill no. No. making a comment like that about, about a player no. who is in a contract year, who has unique skills. He was raving about him, like how he answered all the questions. It's borderline tampering, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I <was thinking laughs> same thing. I don't trying to drive up the price that. without negotiating. Yeah, he is. He's like, I, hey, Baltimore better well, pay him everything. Like, well, what, what? <laughs> well, you better be careful there because Gresh, if he keeps driving the price up and you're right, then he'll be paying Mac a ridiculous sum of money based in part on whatever Lamar gets. but Yeah, Bill um, will be gone by then. Somebody else could pay him. That's probably a, a possibility. <laughs> uh, I would be still scared. He's so good, though. I mean, he's he throwing the ball. I've always had the fear that can he win a game with his arm when he needs to, and I guess that'll always be a fear until you see him win the Super Bowl and win playoff games and on the road and come back and all these various things. But the way he can dominate a game is – is unique. I mean, it's it's. There's very few that can do it. I guess you can say Josh Allen in a different way can do that. But there's very few players at any position that can do what he he does. And I don't think he's had great talent around him in terms of pass catchers, other than Andrews. Now it looks like Bateman is becoming a weapon for him. Certainly has some big plays, averaging almost 30 yards a catch uh, early in the season. So yeah, the way money is blowing up. I don't want to look for another MVP candidate quarterback when I already have one who seems like a pretty hard worker and a pretty good guy. Like, yeah. there's no off-field concerns, right? There's no, no, no. You don't have to. You don't have to force him to work. He wants to be the best. I think he truly wants to be the best. And the B in his bonnet that he has this year to prove something might just increase his value, but also answer any questions they have. All right, Andy Hart, what is the Ravens' defense, or who are the Ravens' defense? They play the Jets week one. Okay, we can put that into context. For three quarters against Miami, they were really good. Then they were chasing a bunch of guys who 
really the defensive backs of the Ravens weren't in the neighborhood on some of those plays in the fourth quarter. What gives there? Well, first of all, some of the defensive, their best defensive backs are on a pitch count right now. They're not on the field all the time in Peters and Humphrey. Uh, I saw Harbaugh, I think, allude to they're getting closer to being sort of 100% and being able to be relied on. So that that dramatically changes their back end, regardless of who they go against, the Patriots, the Dolphins, the Weapons, whatever, that's part of it. I don't think the front is as good. I saw they worked out Jason Pierre-Paul. Yeah, um, yeah. recently, so I think they're still figuring mm. some things out there. They're Nobody also, can help them. Uh, <laughs> they're also, I can't put my finger on why you'd want to bring him into the system, <laughs> um, but I think they're still trying to find their identity. <laughs> Thanks, that was good. Uh, Rimshot, uh, early in the year, so I, I, I don't think they're a great defense, but I also don't think, I believe right now they're the 32nd pass defense in the NFL and the 32nd overall defense based on yards. A lot of that based on last year. <laughs> yeah. fourth, fourth quarter specifically. specifically. Yeah. But they did give up. They gave up 300-plus the first week to the Jets, if you care about Flacco. yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we will see where they go. I think a lot of it will, will be better for them if they can get Peters and Humphrey healthy and build sort of back to front rather than front to back. Patriots are three-point underdogs in their home opener. Do you, do they pull this one off on Sunday? Uh, I don't think so. Um, I think Lamar is too good right now. I mean, this is a, a team that's scoring 30 points a game, and I know they lost. They're 1-1 one one just mm-hmm. like you, but I'm not sure they're the same type of 1-1. One and, one. Um, and I think their defense may get a little better against your passing game, which isn't nearly as explosive, obviously, as the Dolphins. And your defense has looked really good against Tua and Mitchell Trubisky. Your defense is facing a different kind of challenge right now. I don't love the idea of Jawan Bentley and Raquan McMillan and Mac Wilson chasing uh, Lamar Jackson. And the way he's throwing over the top, the cornerback position scares me a little bit. The Miles Bryants and the Jack Joneses of the world, the way they're making big plays. And I also, even just the tight end, Mark Andrews, he's their leading receiver. He's so good. So I know the safeties are supposed to be good here. I don't know that the safeties are playing up to their resumes right now. So, no, I I, I think the Ravens probably win this football game. Uh, Andy Hart, if you have a uh, free uh, moment on Thursday, will you be heading to Worcester to see Antonio Brown rap? Put that you-know-what on, as apparently is his catchphrase. That's oh. what he's tweeting out. Put that bleep on. Uh, yeah. No, I, I could not have any less. I only have interest in Antonio Brown in one place. He's a great football player. He's an entertainer in that light. If he steps on a field anywhere, any league, I'd watch him play. Anything other than that, I have, could not have less interest in AB. So Antonio Brown, XFL, Andy Hart's watching in March. Obviously. He's in. locked <laughs> into it. At Rich Keefe's house, we're having a party. There'll we're be watching. IPAs. <laughs> yep, correct. <laughs> Andy Hart at WEEI.com. Check it out. And, of course, he is a part of the uh, Six Rings postgame show with Fitzy. That'll be right after Patriots and Ravens here on WEEI. Thank you, Hart. We appreciate it. Thank you. See you.